Influences and heroes. Now I'm going to get back to that in a minute. And I know I've said it in the past, but make sure you're following the Chris Williams Podcast Hour on social media. On IG and Twitter, you can find the Chris Williams Podcast Hour at the Chris Will Pod. And on Facebook, the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. Now within a, the next few weeks, I'm going to be announcing some incredible giveaways. Who knows what it might be? Boxing gloves signed by a Hall of Famer, an awesome photo, tickets to a game or an event. You might even be a guest on the podcast, but you have to be following the Chris Williams Podcast Hour to win. This week's podcast is about a very talented but humble young man. Now, he's a quiet leader, but when the lights go on, he's usually the brightest star in the room or on the field. One of the greatest to ever wear a Nebraska Cornhusker football uniform. An alum of my high school, St. Edward High School in Lakewood, Ohio, Dewan Gross. Now, influences and heroes. Everyone out there is either an influence or a hero in somebody's life. Now, some are well-known celebrities like LeBron James or Mike Simon. And they play a big role you might see on TV or in the movies. But the majority of influences and heroes are cast in a small role that has a major impact. And those influences and heroes, well, they're you. Somebody is always watching you and looking up to you, whether you believe it or not. So remember, your actions, no matter how large or small, you feel they are. They all make a difference in someone's life. So act like someone is watching you because they are. What you do today is a direct reflection of what the young people will do tomorrow. This is the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. Today, I'm really excited because I have one of the most electrifying football players ever from the state of Ohio. He was a 1997 high school All-American defensive back. He is one of the greatest football players in the history of the Nebraska Cornhuskers program, a 2003 NFL draft pick by the St. Louis Rams, and a damn good friend. Let me introduce you to today's guest, the greatest punt returner, from the University of Nebraska, please welcome to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, Dewan Gross. Dewan, welcome to the show. Oh, appreciate you for having me, Coach. 
<laughs> All right, let's establish something first off. I will not call you. Yeah, you know exactly where I'm going. <laughs> so it's the no. Chris Williams podcast hour. It's not Coach. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I know. I'm happy to be on. Hey, I appreciate you coming. It it is an honor, and thank you again for taking the time to come on the podcast to chat with me. Now I'm going to throw you into the fire right away. I know you like to start off and stretch and you know move around real slow, but we're going to start this with a speed round. I'm going to throw five things out to you, and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. Oh Lord. Okay. Yeah, here we here we go. You ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. First thing, Garfield Heights. Um. Okay. Family. Important. Okay. St. Tim's. Starting point. Uh, I guess start. Starting point is fine. That's all right. I'll take it. St. Ed's. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Opportunity. Nice. All right, and the last one, Nebraska. Hmm. I would say honored. Nice. All right. Good job. Good job. Now, we'll come back to those for more detail. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason I chose five was because that was probably an important number to you. Correct. All right. How did you choose the number five? How did you end up wearing the number five? Um, I guess I started wearing number five at St. Ed's, actually, my varsity year. My first time on varsity is when I picked number five. Number four was my JV number, but that was just the start. I just like the number. I just like the you just like the number. Okay. I just like the number. Okay. It was no big significance for number five, but the number five became very significant in my life, from um, St. Ed's to all the way to Nebraska and even into my marriage. So yeah, it's, it's significant for my family and with my kids too as well. Okay, now are the kids are wearing the number. Now you said yeah, the kids, the number yeah, five. the kids are wearing the number. Yeah, they're actually wearing the number. Okay, surprisingly, uh, yeah. <laughs> it must be pretty cool to see that. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see the number five, and then actually the names on the, the gross name on the back of the jersey. Okay, and they start they starting earlier than what I started, so that was it's it's, it's inspiring and humbling to see your kids wearing the number and wanting to wear the number. All right, good stuff, really good stuff. Now, Gross, <laughs> believe it or not, we've been friends for 20-plus years. That's crazy. So I guess <laughs> it is crazy. Time flies. So we 
this will be a normal conversation between us, okay. but we better yeah. make sure that we are. Let's remember that we're being recorded and people are listening. <laughs> we can't say everything we normally talk about. Correct. <laughs> I got you. All right. So we'll get in. We'll start this off by you describing what it was like growing up in Garfield Heights. Yeah. And then Garfield Heights, Ohio. Yeah. What was it like growing up in Garfield? Um. Garfield was pretty much, I mean, everybody knows Cleveland, Ohio, so it was a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, to me, it was two separate parts of Garfield Heights. Um, I stayed on, we call it, we stayed on, most of the kids on our on my side of town were on, stayed on the top of the hill is what we call it in Garfield Heights, and mm-hmm. below were the other kids that stayed in Garfield Heights. So, in my neighborhood, all the kids ended up going to the Cleveland public school system. And then the bottom of the hill, everybody went to Garfield um, public school system. So it was two two different entities within Garfield Heights. Um, I guess it, it was a good upbringing. I mean, both of my parents are still, I was still with both of my parents. My parents have been together for, shoot, all my life, 41 years. Um, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Crazy. Yeah. 41 years of as of uh, October 3rd. Um, but, I mean, it's a typical situation, kind of a hood area. I mean, it wasn't the best area. I mean, you still had your drug dealing and gangs and all that other stuff coming up um, as little kids. So we were exposed to a lot of seeing, seeing a lot growing up there, um, but at the same time, I had a good upbringing with it, too. I mean, I had good friends there, and we watched out for each other, even with some of the guys that were into that, the gangs and the um, drug stuff. They kind of kept the guys that were really into sports and stuff, they kind of kept us out of that, if you Okay. You know, as far as it, within the neighborhood. Now you don't need to be involved in that type of stuff, and they try to shy you away from that, especially if you were doing the sports stuff. You know, everybody was into the sports, the football and basketball and baseball stuff up there. So, yeah, it was a good upbringing. I mean, at the same time, you still had to pay attention to your surroundings. But, um, right. yeah, it was a good upbringing. I can't say it wasn't a bad upbringing, but at the same time, you you grew up real quick and opened up your eyes and – and had to be ready for any type of situation that happened around the neighborhood. Okay. Now, when I asked you about it earlier, I said Garfield mm-hmm. Heights, you said home. You said home. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I know you were raised there, but do you still go back there? Do you still, is it as? Yeah, my, my parents, my brother, yeah, my baby brother lives in our, my parents' old house. So we, I still get back. If I get back, I try to see the neighbor people that are still in the neighborhood because it's changed quite a bit. I mean, I mean, it was a neighborhood when growing up. It was a whole bunch of kids in the neighborhood, so we was outside playing around and having fun. Now it's kind of it's some kids, but it's not as many kids outside playing, riding bikes, and having fun out there. So it's a little bit different, but we still got neighbors there that I go see um, when I get a chance to get back home. Uh, I mean, main reason why I call it home because that's 
because my dad was in the military, so I'm an Army brat. So growing up, my first few years, what, six six years, six to seven years, we lived in Germany and El Paso. So I was overseas when I was pretty much born. Oh, wow. So I okay. didn't know much about Cleveland until my parents decided they wanted to go back home and be around, the, wanted us to grow up around the family. So most of my life has been military. Okay. When, in the okay. beginning life, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. interesting. I didn't even know that about you. Wow, yeah, I did so yeah, not know that. Yeah. That's, that's uh, yeah. great information. So yeah. yeah, so when we got back to Cleveland, we stayed with my grandma for a year, and then my parents purchased a home in Garfield Heights, and that's why I call that home. Because that's the first actual home home I've been or that I knew. Because mm-hmm. in the military, you're moving around different place, different place. Even when we were in Germany, we had different places we lived in. So yeah, oh, wow. that was my first home home. Okay. And now, do you speak any German? Yeah. Shoot, if I did, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. All right. Now, you, you said family important. Now, your mom and dad were huge supporters. You kind of touched on it. Mm-hmm. How did they help encourage you coming up? As far as being family-wise? Just family-wise, just sports, um, education, I mean, everything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, I, mean I, guess it, I guess the first, I mean, the first, like I was just telling you, the first onside about being uh, family important is when we came back. We came back to be around the family, so that was very important for them. Because I mean, they pretty much grew up not too far from each other. I mean, they both went to Kennedy John F. Kennedy High School in Cleveland in the public school system, and I actually went there my ninth grade year, which is crazy. Um, before I went to my St. Edwards, but um, we'll talk about that in, down the line. But um, mm-hmm. No, but family's been uh, both sides of the family, but especially my mom's side is very family oriented. Um, we we did everything: Christmas, holidays, birthdays was a big thing. Don't care who birthday it was, er- everybody came together over my grandma's house to celebrate their birthdays. No matter what age you were, um, it, was, it was very important for the family to celebrate each other. Um, again, like families, you have your ups and downs, but at the same time, we always pull together through the holidays to celebrate each other or celebrate the holidays. So it's, family is very important for me because for, what I've seen growing up. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, how many brothers, how many siblings do you have? I have three, I have three brothers. I got an older brother, actually, who lives here in Texas. We stay not too far from each other here in Texas. Uh, I got a brother, two brothers under me, Jamal. Well, my older brother Sean, and my brother under me, Jamal, who actually went to school with me, high school mm-hmm. eventually with me, and then my baby brother, who is actually living in our old house and is working. And everybody's doing well, actually. Everybody's doing well. Good, good. That's good stuff. All right. Now, I, I said St. Tim's before. That's your Muni football mm-hmm. team. Uh, yeah. What do you remember about playing at St. Tim's and being part of the Muni mm-hmm. football program? And mm-hmm. please share a good story from now, those times. Huh. Muni League. So, um, 
I can't remember what year it was. This is when I first when we first moved over into Garfield Heights. Um, we're out there playing football. Got kids was out there playing football, and then I end up getting a chance to play football with them. And one of the kids was like, "Man, you need to come out for my football team." I was like, "Football team?" I was like, "They got football <laughs> teams, little league football teams." Because knowing me, I'm coming from Germany and all that type of stuff, and I didn't know they had little kids playing uh, football. And mm-hmm. next thing I know, next day he got his helmet on and pads on, riding his bike to practice. And I told my mom, I was like, oh, I want to try out for the football team. She's like, football team? You, you don't want to try out for no football team. <laughs> so that first year, I didn't even get a chance to play. So it came around again. He asked me again. I asked my mom to come out to the tryout. She was like, and then she let me, my mom and dad, and they ended up letting me go to the tryout. I had no idea what a tryout was or what we were supposed to do. I mean, we did some stuff and ran around and caught the ball and did some other stuff, and I ended up making the team. And then from there, I actually started off as a tight end and a linebacker, which is crazy, but um, <laughs> that that started the onset to me wanting to actually play football because normally I just play football in the streets with my cousins. And one of the main reasons was my older cousin, Desmond, who's actually deceased now, he's the main reason. He's the person that got me started in the football, period. So if it wasn't for him, he was the older cousin and playing with the older neighborhood kids, being able to play with them made me realize I probably can play. Oh, wow. With the kids my age. So by the time I got to play and made the team and stuff, it – I, it opened my eyes up to a whole other world of opportunity. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was right. an opportunity. It was a way to okay. get out and possibly play, play, uh, get to school and go to college and play professionally. That's that was my mindset at that point in time. Once I had made the team. Okay. All right. Now St. Tim's has always had some great players, but. Even better leaders. I know right. Bruce and his staff, that one, mm-hmm. on any level, they were one of the better staffs because they did so much for the kids and mm-hmm. they'd do anything for the entire team. Whether you were the worst kid on the team or the best kid, mm-hmm. I just remember how Bruce and them, they would take the time and each individual kid, they would look out for them. Mm-hmm. So, so do you remember the names of the uh, your coaches on Muni League? Yeah, I know some of them. I mean, so with the St. Tim's, so it's it's a crazy story with the St. Tim's. So it it was two entities of the St. Tim's. So the one entity I started off with was one of the original entities of St. Tim's because they ended up splitting off. So I played with them for my first year. And then the crazy story with that is my dad happened to be out one time and run into – the other entity um, of the St. Tim's and the head coach at the time, head coach was Bruce Walker, my dad, one of my dad's childhood friends. Oh, wow. And my dad told him, yeah, my son played a little ball. He plays for such and such. He's like, what? He plays for, because uh, it, it was, because um, it, um, it was the all, what do we call it? We were called All Saints or something like that at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he's like, he wanted me to come out and 
and come to their team and try out and play with them. So I ended up going out and play with them, and that that was the right there. That move pretty much set everything in motion, changed my life right there. That one move going to that one team because what what he believed in us as players and what he believed in us as what we can do for our futures with football. Nice. He nice. saw he saw he saw it before we even saw it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Bruce is a special guy. I know he has a son that's a, a senior or he was yep. a senior last He's a, he year. was a senior at Edge. Yeah, he gra- he just okay. graduated. Just yeah, year. so he was he stayed, you know, he he helped out a lot, helped us recruit mm-hmm. at St. Ed's, mm-hmm. and he, you know, mm-hmm. he brought you guys, you over, Little John, all you guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you you go on, and then you end up at JFK your freshman year. Correct. Talk about that. So you so, you still, but go ahead. So, JFK, <laughs> that's another funny story. So this is the time, yeah. So I ended up going my ninth grade year to John F. Kennedy where my parents went. Um, but at the time growing up, so in Cleveland public schools, they didn't have seventh and eighth grade games. They didn't have teams for the seventh and eighth grade for the middle school's kids. So what we had to do, we had to play in the, what is still to this day, the Cleveland Brown Muni League. So we mm-hmm. could play all the way up to the age of 14. So once I got to, uh, uh, John F. Kennedy, it was, you go to John F. Kennedy, you can play for the ninth grade or play wherever you're at for the team. I didn't like I didn't like the coaching staff for the team. So I decided <laughs> to stay in Muni League. So I played Muni League my ninth grade year of high school. So I didn't even play no ninth grade football or any of that. So I wow. stayed with Bruce uh just because he had a vision for all of us. He's like, dude, y'all, y'all can do this. Y'all can play college ball. Y'all just need to stick stick to us and train and focus and 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 um, focus on school. Once you have those, mm-hmm. once you have those situated, I can see all y'all having scholarships to go somewhere. It may not be D one. It may not be D two. But you can go to school somewhere to play football. Right. Right. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't play, I didn't play for my high school John F. Kennedy ever. Only thing I did at John F. Kennedy, I ran track. Oh wow! Okay. Yep, that's it. I didn't, that's even, know it. You, I didn't even know you ran track. How was that track team yep. your freshman year? How was Our track team was actually good. We were real. We were very good. Um. Uh, did we win city? I can't remember if we won. I think we came in second in city, but we were a good track 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 team coming up we were young and then we had a couple of older guys that put us over the top now if i would have stayed there that second year we would have made some noise in state coming in the state so oh but things changed mighty dr- drastically once i went to the same network football camp i got you so you end up going to the football camp coach mcquay mm-hmm. coach flaherty Bruce Walker mm-hmm. actually brings you guys over there. Bring us man. there, yep. Yeah, yep. Bring, so. We all in a little Mustang, him and <laughs> I think four uh, little little boys coming up to St. Networks. 
and you guys come into the camp, turn it out, and everybody's talking about Dewan Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the funny, so yeah, yeah, I, I remember that whole trip driving up there, and he just talking, just y'all do what y'all do, uh, have fun, and then and because uh, they. McQuaid and them, they had came. I think they did. Y'all come to? I know they came to a music league game. Yes. So yes. they already had an idea of what they what we were coming to bring at the time, which is so crazy. Getting recruited at that age because they they weren't the only schools. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was pretty. Yeah, that, that time was crazy. That time now it I think was. about it. Now you're talking about it. That time was crazy. My, after my after that little league year, because we ended up winning the immediate league championship, mm-hmm. and then I think I got MVP of the league that year. You were the MVP, yep. And then um, it was crazy because I I remember them coming to the games, and then I remember um, Central Catholic coming to the house talking to my parents, Benedictine talking to us. I think uh, Ignatius at the time had interest. It was probably about five private schools that I know at the time that were that was wanting me to come to school there, which was so crazy. Oh, Hawkins! The Hawkins was the other one because my dad's boss went to Hawkins, so that was oh, wow. another school. It's crazy. <laughs> my ninth grade year was crazy. Good times, good times. Mm-hmm. So well, we get lucky and we land you. So mm-hmm. describe describe your years at Saint Ed's. You know what? Start out as a student. What it was like to be. Well, let a me let me. Let, I don't know if people know this. So I just was it so crazy. I just found out a couple was it a couple months ago? Because initially I wasn't going. I didn't want to go to Ed's because. It was a dumb reason. I didn't want to go to Ed's because there wasn't no girls there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's the funny situation. I didn't want to go there because I'm used to the public school and there's girls and all that growing up. And knowing there wasn't no girls there, I didn't want no parts of it at first. And it wasn't until my brother, Jamal, my brother mm-hmm. under me that was going to Ed's, I mean, ended up going to Ed's, but he was still playing for Bruce at the time, and they had practice, and this is over the summer. And he went to practice, and he asked him how I was doing and was I ready to go to school there. And my brother told him, he's like, you didn't hear? He, he's not going to Ed's. <laughs> he's going back to Kennedy. <laughs> and Bruce said, what? And I think he stopped practice. He, stopped, he ended up stopping practice. And tell everybody we'll come back the next day and came to my house. And I had a meeting with him and my mom and my dad. Because I told oh, him wow. that, yeah, we, I actually had a meeting with my parents and my coach, Mr. <laughs> coach Walker. And um, at the time, I told him, I was like, man, I'm not going there. There ain't no girls there. And then and then at the time, I, like I, we brought it up to track. I was like, we might win state next year in track. And I ain't going to never forget this to the day I live. He's like, are you trying to go to Olympics or are you trying to play in the NFL? What are you really trying to do? Wow. Bruce said that? Bruce said that. That's exactly his words. Are you trying to go to the Olympics or are you trying to play in the NFL? 
and play college football. What do you what did you write on your wall? And I was like, play college football, make it to the NFL. And he's like, that, that's the choice you need to make. And that's why I ended up back at Ed's, right there. Oh, wow. my, my little brother. If it wasn't oh. for him, I probably I would have made a huge mistake. But that changed my life right there. That talk right there changed everything. Jamal, that's incredible. That is an incredible, incredible. I And I just found that out a couple months ago. Had no idea. And this what? I've been out of school almost what? 20 years? I'm just finding yes. that out? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but, but as far Thank as Ed, yeah, but as far as Ed, it was, it was a, again, it was a culture shock, culture shock. I mean, because Ed is a predominantly white school and most of the kids, um, come from well-established backgrounds, I mean, families that have money. Um, I'm coming from a all-black neighborhood, went to all-black schools all my life, and then having to wear a shirt and tie and be clean-faced going to school, that was just crazy. <laughs> and then on top of that, I had to, the journey to get there every day, I mean, catching two buses and two trains to get to school. It took me like an hour and a half to get to school every day. So it was an hour right. there and an hour hour and a half back. So it wasn't easy the first two years. Uh, but the first year was kind of a – it was a big adjustment, though. I had to make a big adjustment because I wasn't – Ed's known for the academics and all that, Blue Ribbon School and all this stuff, so – I'm coming from my school thinking I just go to class and do a few things and I'm good. Nah, buddy. That first week we had a book. We had a test that first week of school for the summer reading. I'm like, oh, this is a whole different type of environment. It's all about the academics. All about the academics. And then at the same time, you got to focus on your sport too as well. So, it was a it was a big adjustment for me. I mean, that first semester was it was a tough semester for me academically and trying to juggle school and back and forth from um catching the bus and stuff. So I was I think that first year I ended up on academic probation. Cuz I had no idea how serious it was with the academics. Gotcha. But I mean, again, that opened my eyes up to a lot more. It wasn't just about being good at your sport and people taking care of you. It's you got to do well in school to be able to play sport. <laughs> so there, it's all it's academics first and then school. But with the help of, I mean, I got to thank Coach McQuaid and everybody that on staff, you and everybody on staff. I mean, we had tutors. I got tutored and got me – Got me back in, in some good grace with the school as far as academically. Yeah. Mr. Yeah, Borden was, used to work his butt off too. Yep, yep. So it 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 it, it was a learn a, a very vital lesson I needed to learn early before I went to college. 
But no, I mean, prepared you for college. Yeah, it definitely prepared me for it. But at the same, yeah, it prepared me big time. But coming there, you just don't. I just didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know as far as the academic side. And then football wise, I'm there and starting all over again. You were a hot shot in new league, but now you starting all over. These kids don't know you. I mean, they hear talks <laughs> about you and stuff, but they don't know you. <laughs> and then, lucky I had a couple guys that came with me, so it made made a little bit easier with setting, and then all of them coming with me. I wasn't mm-hmm. the only one that came, so that helped. Um, but yeah, I mean, that first year was a learning experience, but actually rewarding. I mean, because I remember getting a chance to play JV and varsity, so I was on JV and varsity, and then actually get. Very first varsity game on kick return, scored my very first touchdown, first game of the season. That was crazy. Nice. That's when I knew I belonged. Because we played the team from Detroit, that team that came in from Detroit. I can't remember the name of the school. I can't remember. It was during the day too, right? Yeah, it was during the day. Yep. And I returned the kickoff back. Yes. All right. Well, yeah, that was a great intro. So you had yeah. two 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 records at Saint Anne's: uh-huh. the longest yeah. pass play, ninety yards versus Shaker, and then yep. you tied the longest kickoff re- return, ninety six yards versus Elder. And do you El- remember oh, either of those? That. I forgot about yeah. the Elder one. I remember the Shaker one because I remember going in that Shaker week. It was me and because uh, we had to worry about Nate Clemens at the time. Nate Clemens, that's his name. Played for Ohio State, played for Ohio State, and played for Buffalo and Cincinnati, and and who else he played for? Yeah, he was at Cleveland, and he played for San Francisco. Yeah, Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the time, he, I remember Coach McQuaid and them talking about him, like this guy does everything. (laughs) (laughs) He does everything. So you're gonna have to worry about him if he comes out and plays. DB on you, or uh, or you, he's checking you every, while you're playing receiver. And nice. that play, I remember. Current, uh, I remember <laughs> just a out, it's just a little out route, five yard out route, and I took a ninety yard. And he was he was trying to get me too. The best he came from the other side. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he came from the other side and almost got me. I ain't, I ain't gonna never forget that. But yeah, Nate Clemens. That's a whole other story too with that with Ohio State. But yeah, I'm yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a, in a second. Yeah. So, so you end up making a bunch of plays. I mean, it wasn't just yeah. those two plays. You ended up making a bunch of plays, and mm-hmm. then you're heavily heavily recruited. Talk mm-hmm. about what you remember about being recruited because you were a 1997 high school All-American, All-State, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So you were heavily recruited. Talk about what you mm-hmm. remember about being recruited. It was being recruited, man. That was humbling. That was so humbling. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe I did all the stuff I did in, in, in the first place. I mean, it was my goal to be just to be in the mix, but I didn't never thought I was going to be that heavily recruited. I thought I was going to have a chance to play college football, but it gets very humbling once you get start getting letters in like that, especially when it's coming into the office and stuff coming to the house and coaches are calling and 
Man, that was so humbling. I mean, even with the – I mean, being an All-American in high school, that was crazy too. I mean, you never thought – I never thought I would have even got to that point. But it was, it was humbling, and then my dad did a good job of just like, listen, you just need to focus on school and getting finished, and I'll take – I'll talk to the coaches. If you don't want to talk to them, I'll talk to them and – relieve some of that so you don't have to stress out about it. So my dad did a good job of helping me out with that. And and he got boxes from work and as far as keeping up with the letters and putting them in order from school to school and stuff like that. My dad was a big help with, uh, during that recruiting time. Um, I mean, I took all five trips. So I went to, where I go? I went to Michigan State. I did an unofficial in Michigan. That was funny. That was my school of choice. I always wanted to go to Michigan. That was my school of choice at the at the oh, time. Wow. I was a big Michigan fan, and I went up for a unofficial visit because they wanted to come to a basketball game. And I went up to a basketball game on an unofficial visit. It was cool, but it didn't feel like I didn't feel. It didn't feel like I, that's the school I wanted to go to because mm-hmm. it, it, it felt like they were a little bit too arrogant a little bit to me. Like they were the best thing on, since sliced bread at that school. And I remember when um, we went to the basketball game and it was halftime and the coaches was like, uh, do you want to meet Desmond Howard? I was like, oh, he's like, do you want to meet Desmond Howard? Do you want to meet Desmond Howard? I was like, yeah, I meet him. Because there was a couple of us there, so everybody was excited to meet Desmond Howard. And this is the time when I think he uh, uh, was Super Bowl MVP and after the Super Bowl MVP deal and all that stuff. Right. And, uh, uh, he came up. He was he was out at the basketball game, and then I walked up to him. I was like, what's up, Des? And he looked at me. And I was like, yeah, Bruce, uh, Bruce, he said, the one? <laughs> and the coach was telling me, he was like, how you doing? <laughs> so it was, it was just like a, they thought they had me at that point in time. Nice. So they thought they were nice. going to recruit me into the whole situation. But, yeah, because so, yeah, he, he sponsored our team at the time when yes. I played for Bruce. So he's mm-hmm. the product of St. Tim's. Yes. Yeah, Desmond Howard is the product of St. Tim, so I looked up to him and followed him. That's why I was a big Michigan fan. Okay. But I went on an unofficial. So my trips were Michigan State, official trips, Michigan State, Ohio State, Nebraska. I went to Syracuse because I thought I wanted to play inside. <laughs> and they had Donovan <laughs> McNabb at the time. And then the, the sleeper one, I, I don't know, I got – I went to Indiana on a trip. So those are my five trips. Out of all the trips I could have went to, I picked Indiana. And everybody can understand why I picked Indiana So to go on the trip. So, I mean, because it was a whole new coaching staff. And then I wasn't the only person that went to go visit there. My boy, Charles Bentley, you remember, played for mm-hmm. Ignatius. He went on a trip there. And then a guy from Michigan, Larry Foote, went there. And end up being a big time NFL player. Yeah, they played okay. for Michigan. 
we all said we were going to go there at one point in time. And I remember telling <laughs> Coach McQuaid that, and he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me like, because I thought we were going to turn the program around. They had Antoine Randall L. is about to come off of Prop 48, and we about to turn that program around. And then everybody else went somewhere else. Nachos, Nebraska. Okay. Well, I have to ask this because I always get asked this. You were mm-hmm. all Ohio, so mm-hmm. why did why didn't you go to Ohio State? <laughs> why Nebraska over Ohio State uh, or any other uh, school? It's so <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because uh, I ran into Coach Cooper in the combine, and he and he still to this day asking why I didn't come. Because <laughs> Cooper was a, I can't remember what he was doing at the NFL at the time, but I saw him at the combine. And then my thing is with Ohio State. I mean, I went on a trip there uh, again. A former Edge uh, guy, Rodney Bailey, was there. He was my host, and he said the same thing because he thought we, I was coming. So I, I'm get, I get pulled out. Comes to Quake, comes to one of my classes, pulled me out of school class and said, uh, Ohio State's here. They want to talk to you. So I'm thinking it's Coach Jacob coming here because he was the hot head recruiter in the, state, in the uh, Cleveland area. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to go talk to him, go and sit down with him and see what he has to say. But I get in there, it's the whole freaking staff. I had oh, no wow. idea. The head coach, the D coordinator, offensive coordinator, even all the way down to the strength coach was there. So we had the, pretty much the whole coaching staff in one room in the Ed telling me that I need to not take no more recruiting trips, that I need to be stay home in in your own state, stay home, and you need to come to Ohio State because they had a big plan because Nate committed. Nate Clements, the guy I brought up before, committed, mm-hmm. and they wanted him and me on each side of the field at the time. So they already had it planned out. Once he committed, they had the top two corners in the state and in the country to play for the school. And I just didn't not was not feeling that. <laughs> I was not feeling that getting that type of pressure. I don't. You got to think about. It. I'm 17 years old. You got a whole coaching staff telling me not to take no trips and all. Oh, it was it was that kind of threw me for the loop. And I I didn't that kind of. Made my decision that I wasn't going to Ohio State. Okay. Okay. So those are all the opportunities that St. Ed's provided for you. Now, Correct. You, choo- you choose Nebraska, which was an mm-hmm. excellent choice choice for you. And let me read mm-hmm. off a few of your accomplishments there. But, hey, so the you, crazy thing is that was, that was my worst trip. <laughs> Nebraska I had was no fun trip. on that trip. Oh, my goodness. No fun. <laughs> That trip was terrible. Everywhere else I had a ball. That trip was all business. Because I went during the week, during the Wednesday, because I wanted to get all my trips out of the way. So I decided, and, Coach, and again, I got to give it to Coach McQuaid. He's the reason why I took the trip to Nebraska. He's like, listen, they really are interested in you. And I'm like, I don't know nothing about it. I'm all about Big Ten. I don't know nothing about no Nebraska. I know they won some national championship, and 
stuff, saw some national championship stuff, but I didn't know how deep it was there. So I mm-hmm. I went off of what Coach McQuaid said, and I took a trip. And it was during the week. They were getting ready for the uh, Orange Bowl and trying to win another championship in 97. So I went there. One of the guys, Ralph Brown, was my host. And oh, wow. we went to the movie theaters the first day. I'm like, man, what in the world is this? This is how y'all going to sell Nebraska to me? Go to the movie theater and get some pizza and hang out with some of the people around the school. I was like, this is terrible. And it was snowing. I was like, man, this is the same thing. I, I could be back home if I want to stay here. <laughs> but I went Wednesday, and the, and the thing that changed my mind, it was a Wednesday practice. I ain't going to never forget it, a Wednesday practice. And and there was a couple guys on the team at the time was like, ah, you don't want to come here. It, you'll be behind such and such. And, now, then I end up telling my husband, I'm like, dang, these dudes don't even want me here. These DBs is the DBs. These mm-hmm. two other, two other, a couple other DBs didn't want me there. And I was like, dang, damn. I told my husband, I was like, dang, they want me here. He's like, dude, they are threatened. He's like, don't worry about it. You come here, I got you. I'll teach you everything I know. You're going to be fine. I was like, all right. So Wednesday practice, this is during practice. So I was like, all right. So Wednesday practice for Nebraska, they do it at the end of practice. Goal line, first-team offense versus first-team defense for four plays, full go. When I mean that was so intense, people wow. talking and, oh, my God, people hit D-line hitting the offense. Oh, it was incredible. I was like, <laughs> and I saw the D-line hit the I was like, I'm coming here. <laughs> I'm coming here. Nice. Just off of that, that, that did it for me. The black shirts versus the uh, Scott Frost and the crew, and Mon Green and the crew. Wow! And I'm like, this is that was that was the most I couldn't believe it. I never seen nothing like that or heard anything like that. You got the DBs talking, safeties talking, linebackers talking, and you got some of the offensive linemen talking. It was, I was like, I love it. I'm coming here. All right, so I got to ask you this because my first college practice was more intense because of all mm-hmm. the media and everything that showed up at practice. It was yeah. more intense than anything I experienced as far as a high school game, even a state championship game. And, like, right. I fed off of that. And that was, like, the greatest thing. And I was like, it's going to be like this all the time. Little did I know that right. it was media day in the ACC. But right. did you experience anything else like that, like that first practice that you saw when you were a part of it? Did you feel so, that energy still? Yeah. So for us, Nebraska is, I mean, you got to think about it. Nebraska is no, no major sports teams in there. I mean, the biggest thing in Nebraska that people come for is either the zoo or College World Series. That's it. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> but the biggest draw every year is the football team. So I, I didn't know. I mean, you still don't know. Even on the trips, they'd say that this is big, big-time football, big-time football, and the fans are serious here. So it wasn't until right before the season, during tour days, it wasn't even just practice. During tour days, we have our fan, fan, fan thing. Mm-hmm. Like the fans come and fashion. sign autographs yep. and all that stuff. 
So they got the the older kids and their, all the seniors and the older kids down it down on the field, and then the freshmen we were all up top in the in the in the in the stands. So I'm thinking we just taking pictures and it's just gonna be it. So we sitting up there. And I had no idea. I'm thinking we just sitting up there and getting ready, and I see all these tables where everybody sitting at their tables, getting ready to sign autographs. And they gave us pens to sign autographs up top, too, as well. And then all of a sudden, the announcer says, well, we're about to open the gate, so be ready to uh, uh, sign some autographs and stuff. So I'm thinking this is going to be something small. <laughs> when I tell you they opened that gate, it was a roar crowd sprinting. It had to be about 40,000, 50,000 people running into the field. <laughs> I said, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And you're talking about kids and adults acting like kids. Put it like that. (laughs) That's why I say adults acting like pure crazy kids wanting something signed. And I mean not just want all kind of stuff signed. Underwear, all kind of stuff. Pictures. You you can, if you can think of it, socks, they, they had you sign it. And that's when I knew it was, this is not a game here. These fans are for real serious. And every game, and then you get to the first game of the season, sold out. No matter who we playing. I don't care who we playing. Every game been sold out since, what is it, 1969, I think, there? Wow. Since 1969, every home game has been sold out, packed to the brim. No matter who we playing. We can be playing a one double A team. We can be playing a lower division one team. Pat, full, pat. No, you matter. And they travel. <laughs> so yes, yes, they do. Nebraska is yes, a do. whole that that that's a whole different type of fan base that you're dealing with. I mean, they support their team no matter win or lose. Don't matter. Put it like this. I remember we lost to Texas A and M. Was it Texas A and M my freshman year? They on the news that day. They had a survey for what to do to cope with a loss. <laughs> Are you serious? So they, oh, I'm dead serious. Oh, so they had a God. survey, different things that you need, you should do when to cope with a loss. I said this place is wild. <laughs> Nebraska is a whole oh. other. So yeah, Nebraska is a whole other beast. I got to tell you, okay. he's a whole other. Well, I love like it. Like I said, it was an excellent choice for you. And let mm-hmm. me just read off a few of the accomplishments that you had there. So, speaking of Ralph Brown, you end up breaking mm-hmm. his record, school record mm-hmm. for pass breakups in a season with 17. You are mm-hmm. first team AP All American punt returner. You finished mm-hmm. fourth nationally with 17 mm-hmm. yards per punt return. You end up being a team captain as a senior. Then you set a school record and tied an NCAA record with two punt return touchdowns and a pair of interceptions in the same game. Mm -hmm. Then you joined 1972 Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Rogers as the only players in Nebraska history to amass over 1,000-yard career punt returns. And then to top all that off, you earned your degree in communications. So mm-hmm. I would say Nebraska was a very good fit for you. 
Right. No, it was. I mean, thinking back on it, you never, in a moment, you don't think about all that stuff. In a moment, you're just trying to do whatever you can to help your team win. Um, but now my kids can see it. It's it's very, it's, I'm, I'm a, tell you the truth, I'm a very home person. If you don't bring up football or anything like that, you, you would never know I played football unless you <laughs> looked it up or anything like that. It's never going to come out of my mouth that I play here or this and that. Now, if you start probing and asking questions, it may come out, but it's very humbling to see all that and and look at all that accomplishments I did there because I was just, just a kid from – Army brat kid from Garfield Heights, Cleveland public school system, just trying to live a dream, a dream that my dad had me put my goals down when I was – first started playing with playing football actually and them goals mm-hmm. was still up there until all the way until I made it to the league which is so crazy he got it I wrote them down he got it up and laminated and something I looked at every day when I woke up that's awesome but, and then to follow that and and then to do what I did in Nebraska it, I mean I don't know sometimes I, I just it's it's too humbling to even think about all the stuff I did. And then, I mean, to do that, and Johnny Rogers was a Heisman Trophy winner and be a 1,000-yard rusher and then break some of his punt return records on top of that, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's a crazy experience. But the crazy thing is the record was kept in the family because I married his his, uh, his niece. <laughs> nice. So the record is in nice. the family. <laughs> That's awesome. Which is crazy. I didn't. I did not know that. I, I don't know if I ever told you that. Yeah. That, no, that's you did not tell me that. Uncle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. So, very yeah, good. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's very humbling. Just. I mean, thinking back at it, that's what I was trying to do. Do whatever I could to help the team win. I mean, who would have thought I would have did all that and it? had the ability to play in the national championship and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You hear teams talk about we, we playing, we're here to get to a national championship or we're here to get to a state championship, but actually do it. That's crazy. No, it is crazy. I, I went four years saying this is our year. This is our year. And yeah. we never got there. So yeah. I, I, uh, I envy you because you got the yeah. chance to play in the national championship game. Yeah, and then I, it was not, I, and it was the Rose Bowl, Big T stuff. Come on now, that was big. <laughs> that was the biggest. That was more bigger than me than the, that's so crazy. We played in the championship. I'm more shocked that we played at the Rose Bowl than anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was just fanning mm. over, thinking all the guys that played there through the Big Ten. Oh my God, I thought I was in heaven. Mm-hmm. So Big Ten. Now you are mm-hmm. part of the Big Ten, Nebraska. Yeah. Do you have any feelings about that? Because what I was going to ask you before is, what was your biggest rivalry when you were playing at Nebraska? Ooh. And I, and I'm I mean, not I talking we're... about I'm not talking about Nebraska versus Oklahoma, Oklahoma or Nebraska. What? Personally, what was your biggest rivalry? And the reason I ask is because when I played at NC State. 
Mm-hmm. The obvious rivalry was UNC, but they sucked. Mm-hmm. So it did, that right. game, because I wasn't from the state, it didn't really mean anything to me. I always went crazy and went hard uh-huh. against Georgia Tech and Clemson. So right. were there, what was your rivalry, your personal rivalry? I think I personally, it was either it was either uh, K State, either K State or um, Colorado was, was our rivals. So I don't, I'm not for sure. It wasn't one pinpoint rival that I could think of at the time. But K State, I know K State was one, and then Colorado because we were we battled because they got us a couple times, and we and then we got them back. So I would say K State and K State and Colorado. Okay, okay, all right. Which so Colorado I... ain't even in the Big Twelve no more either. <laughs> no, I know <laughs> that that that's the craziest thing. Yeah. So what what we grew up with, what we played against, yeah. you know, it's like Notre Dame's in the ACC this year, and I'm just like, yeah, it's what? crazy. <laughs> Maryland's in the Big Ten, and it's just, oh, it's different. It's totally different. Yeah, it's so it'll different. it'll work yeah. out. The younger kids will, mm-hmm. you know, they'll create their rappers. All right, so <laughs> I'm just happy the Big Ten gonna play some games, so we can see some other yes, yes, play. Yes, so I'm kind of happy about that. Okay. So, Gross, you're known for never losing your cool, always being, regardless of what the pressure situation is, you've mm-hmm. always been calm. But right. there's this one moment on film when you're at Nebraska where you actually, did you get ejected from a game? A personal foul? Oh, you what got you, What got your research? I want to. I want to say it's the University of Texas. You get tackled on the sideline. You. Get oh, out. I know a game that is. That's Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> it's Oklahoma game. That's yeah. the Oklahoma game. See? Yeah. See. See. I forgot about, about that. What are you talking about? <laughs> I had asked I you about, about that. that. I asked you about it one time before, and you kind of ignored me. And I was like, Nah. I forgot all about that. You're not getting out of this yeah, one. Only, so, yeah, I think that might have been my own. That's my only one I ever had, ever, in my life. <laughs> so out what? Of all, out of all the teams I played for, from Little League all the way up. Golly. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah. So what happened on that play? It was a, it was a punt return, because I think the first punt return I got that game I actually got. I had. A, I think I got like thirty or forty yards on the punt return or something like that. And I, oh, I had. I was about to shake the kicker, slowing down, and then I remember I got tackled from behind because all I had to do, if I wanted to slow down, I probably have been fine. But I tried to make a move on the kicker and got tackled. So I ended up getting the second punt, and I remember coming, catching the ball, about to hit the sideline, get tackled. And I think it was Rocky Kalmus. It was Rocky Kalmus. Was it Rocky Kalmus? It's one of one of the linebackers on the on the punt team. Tackled me. He grabbed my ankle, and while he was getting up, he rolled and rolled my ankle. He gripped my ankle and rolled up like he was trying to sprain my ankle or break my ankle. And I 
remember, yeah, I remember to this day. I threw a football <laughs> right at his helmet. <laughs> and and I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like it was something cool. You just you stood up and I, I, did, I reacted and threw my helmet. I threw a football right at his helmet. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I, th- I binged him, too. Uh, I'm going to have to find that clip. And then the so coach was trying to my... figure out, and then I got tried to get up, and then I got up because my adrenaline was rushing, and then I was like, oh, he really did do something to my ankle. And I went right back down. Yep. And the coach was like, okay. why did you do that? I was like, he tried to break my ankle. And then they backed up off of it, and then they went crazy. That Rocky, oh, I remember that. Now I remember that. I forgot all about that. <laughs> Right. He rolled. All he, right. I, he, yeah. All right. All right. I forgot about that. that yeah. I, I hope. In, in my fraternity, that's my, that's my, that's what they call me, too calm. Too calm? Yeah, that's my, yeah, that's in my fraternity. That's what the name they gave me. And what fraternity are you a part of? Kappa Alpha I'll give Psi. you a chance. Kappa Psi. Huh? All right. You're a Kappa. Yes, I am a Kappa. Newt. Yo, yo. <laughs> For all the news out there that's listening. All right, I'll, I'll give you that one. I agree. Uh, Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Yes, indeed. Proud member. <laughs> all right, we're gonna we're gonna shut this thing down. But what advice do you have for someone that's uh, pursuing a career like yours, Dewan? As far as making it through college and just, stuff like that, just making it through college, making it in life. Or if they, you I mean, know, if they aspire to go to the NFL. I mean, not if what you, I, I, my, I think my my main goal, especially for the young folks that's coming up, or even adults, my main thing was goal setting. Goal setting is big for me. I mean, it. I can attest for the goal setting because I it's something I did when I was in seventh grade. Wrote down what I wanted to do and what I wanted to accomplish. And that was from that going to college, I mean, going to high school and going to college and possibly making it to the pros. It wasn't no guarantee I was going to do it. But at the same time, I had a visual of what I wanted to do and accomplish. So my mind was already set at that age. And thanks to my dad, I looked at it every day. And the only thing out of that goals I didn't get was getting my degree in, I think I had computer in, a degree in something in computers, which I smacked myself to this day because that thing with <laughs> computers, IT is a big thing now. I, I smacked yeah. myself to this day. Why didn't you pursue that? But at the same time, I hit the other three. So, I'm, I mean, the first one was getting good grades to be able to uh, go to college get a college football scholarship and then get your degree in uh, in computers, somewhere in computers, it didn't matter what it was, and then make it to the NFL. That was it. That was, those were my goals right there, and I hit all of them but the, the, but the computer degree. But I got my degree. So my mind, yeah, just set, set, have a visual. I mean, seeing it and – and then, and hitting one thing at a time. You don't have to get everything at once, but as solely develop and hit one thing at a time and build yourself up to get to where you want to get to. Always figure out what it takes to get to that one, to get to your end goal is my nice. big thing. Nice. 
right. And, and do you have social media? People want to reach out to you. How can they find you? Do you even interact? Uh, my on name, DeWan Gross. <laughs> I think, it's, yeah, it's, I'm just my name at, on Facebook. And I think okay. on Instagram, I'm dgross5 on Instagram. So those are my two platforms. I use Facebook and, and Instagram. And pretty much I don't put nothing pretty much about my kids most of the time. That's okay. sports and stuff. So celebrating my kids is what is what I get a kick out of now. And working with nice. them and seeing them develop. And just giving them things I didn't get in the beginning that I can just give them advice. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't because I'm daddy. <laughs> that drives me crazy. That's you got to do stuff They think you like you don't know what you're talking about. That's how it works. Me and my wife. If my wife was a track athlete. And my wife was a had a uh, track scholarship. D one went to Auburn and ran track mm-hmm. for Auburn and Nebraska and um, uh, Troy State. So. It's in their genes. They just don't want to listen sometimes. But they when they do, I'm, I'm, I'm happy when they do. But, but you, I get but it. Dewan, I get it. You know how that talking. works. Yeah. It'll click one day, and then you all be going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, this yeah. is exactly what, we were, this is what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Well, Dewan, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I'm hoping to get back yes, to Dallas for a big fight or a Cowboys game, and hopefully we can catch up again. But thank you once again for coming on the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. I appreciate it, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had to get that in. And for y'all know, for y'all know who don't know, uh, Chris Williams was my coach at, at St. Ed's. So right. he's a big reason for me to get – where I wanted to get to, too. So he was a big influence on my life as far as trying to um, get to where I needed to get to. Um, yeah, as far we just want to play football and high school, getting through high school. I mean, he, he was a big role in keeping us in there because he, he, he went through it. So I get it. And I listened to him trying to motivate us to stick it through, and it will pay off, and it paid off big time. So it paid off well. All a lot of you guys. Of, a lot of the irons I got from being an Ed's Hall of Famer and Nebraska Hall of Famer, I equate that for you and all the coaches that been in my life. Because if it wasn't for y'all, yeah. I wouldn't have made it. Right. Right. Well, thank you, Dijon. I appreciate, appreciate that. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, you do that. Uh, huh? yeah. That's why I always call you coach yeah. as a message. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. I but no, you, you were a big influence in my life, so I I got to give you that. I got to give you that just do. Well, thanks. That, that makes me feel good knowing that I can actually contribute something to society. So, <laughs> but I, I like I You're said, I appreciate you. And again, mm-hmm. I thank you for coming on the show, buddy. <laughs>